Hello and welcome. I'm Gordon Glanister and a very warm welcome to the Membership World podcast. I'll be talking to a range of guests from the Membership World community and sharing tips and ideas to help you in your organisation. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to make sure that you don't miss a future episode. Hello everybody and a warm welcome to our first edition of Membership World. But if you don't know me, you're probably wondering who I am. Well, I'm no spring chicken, that's for sure. I've run trade associations, developed new ones and helped others grow their membership, as well as being involved in events, publishing and education. So over the next few months, I'm going to be interviewing some of the best operators in the membership world and share with you some of the tricks of the trade. We'll be discussing the impact of COVID-19, how to grow your membership in challenging times, how to stop members leaving you, how to set up successful online meetings and events, generating money from non-member revenue, how to segment your membership and a whole lot more. And I thought I'd use this launch episode to talk about online events and meetings in particular, given that this is a big issue for many membership organisations right now. COVID-19 came as a shock to us all. Many trade associations and membership bodies derive a lot of their income from running events, whether they be conferences, exhibitions, meetings, seminars, dinners and education. I've attended a lot of webinars recently and online Zoom events. So what can membership organisations do to engage more of their communities online? Association group Memcom took their annual conference online recently and I caught up with events director Debbie Hockham to tell me what worked well and what they learned from the experience. When we you know, saw that things were getting serious with the pandemic, we started having conversations with the venue and it was very much, well, unless there's force majeure is declared, then, you know, contract stands basically so we were then thinking okay well we'll have to do a blended event so part digital and potentially live event even though we were all kind of playing this game knowing that actually the live event for 500 people was probably not going to go ahead but until the government declared that 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 was where we were at so we started planning with our tech partners got in touch and said we can help you with this Um, and we basically ripped up the conference program from a one-day conference multi-streamed and started again and because it was associated week the week of the 1st of June and the Memcom live event was due to be the 4th of June we thought right let's take it across the whole week we'll have content Monday to Friday different theme each day you know acknowledging that people aren't necessarily going to log on at nine o'clock on a Monday morning and log off at five o'clock Friday so we wanted to create different kinds of formats um, because the world and the, and the sector was in such a, a sense of okay what now we're all sort of reinventing our business plans we did quite a few pre-recorded sessions because that enabled us to kind of bypass any potential tech issues but then we gave speakers you know a 10 minute 15 minute Q&A at the end of each presentation and they're now available on demand but we also wanted to have quite a few sort of flexible round tables where we would have live speakers and um, lots of panel debates and they seemed to go down really well because we had some great speakers who are all grounded like the rest of us so we were able to tap into people that we may not have been able to tap into ordinarily because they might have been traveling on that date or other events going on mm. so we we 
tapped into some great speakers, some great content, and, and the, the flexibility of the format allows it to be quite you know, fluid and that people could ask real-time questions when we're all trying to get to grips with the, the same issues, really. So the process was kind of, I did say to, to my business partner, Julian, um, when, when did we, how did we decide to do this? But I think it was, it was coming. We decided to do a blended event, and then when we couldn't do the live event, we sort of jumped straight into the, the, the sort of digital event with the help of some of our tech partners. So... Yeah. And then did you reach out to any of the audience before you'd made this decision to, to get a gauge of reaction from them at all? Or was it all systems go, we just had to move ahead? All systems go, really. I mean, the middle of March, we announced our shortlist and we had a shortlist reception in central London. I think it was the 11th of March. And then literally a few days later, we went into lockdown we certainly went into lockdown you know the week before the official lockdown so we'd, we'd been in touch with lots of people so we would had quite a few conversations we had about 100 people turn up to that event so we've been having conversations with them um and obviously we spoke to our speakers and our sponsors and our sponsors were really supportive throughout it which enabled us to run the conference for free and because we were testing it and we had very little time to get it up and running we wanted to do a, a free session for this particular one as i say supported by our, our sponsors so I guess it all kind of happened very quickly in terms of engaging with our audience, but certainly we spoke to our speakers and sponsors, particularly at the beginning. So now let's take me back to the, uh, the first day. How did people engage with the app and the technology? So everything was very, very last minute, you know, not just the conference, but getting all the tech synchronized. And we did have a few teething problems, to be honest, uh, the opening morning with the some of the tech, making sure, you know, getting people to be able to access the conference properly. Um, so there were a few issues, but we had a fantastic tech partner that basically was like literally working around the clock to deal with issues as they arose. So we had a, you know, a back channel going there, sorting, sorting things through. And then we had uh, also recently launched a new website. So there was, a, there was a lot of stuff we were getting together all at once, all at a crazy time. But actually, in the long run, it's a good thing because all the content that we've had from Memcom Interactive, as we called the week, we've now uploaded onto our Memcom On Demand channel. And so uh, most of the presentations are there that people can access readily. And that's going to be something that we're building on year round. So the whole concept of the digital conference won't go away, regardless of whether we do live events or when we do live events again. The whole concept of doing digital events, I think, is very firmly with us, with the sector, with, you know, generally, generally people, how we operate. So. Yeah, no, indeed. And did you feel a sort of a sense of responsibility because you're the the umbrella of many associations and of course a lot of the audience also run conferences and events and would have been very keen to see how you run it and how you did it as much as anything else so i, I was going to ask you more about the format so what talk to us about how and the different types of things that you did sure and i think just picking up on the point you've just made i think a everyone is in this boat together so there was that sense of kindness and as you say generosity of spirit and and people wanting to learn I've had so many people coming getting in touch with me both during the event and since the event and even before it saying what platform are you using how are you doing it and as a result I'm running a couple of run, round tables in the next couple of weeks where we're going to cover some of those issues um, and it's also a great time to test new things out quickly relatively cheaply um, you know we're not paying for venues um, and, and the contract was declared 
said, of force majeure as well. So, you know, um, it's a great opportunity to test new ideas. And so many people have been saying, you know, gosh, things that they've been thinking about doing in three years time have been done in a weekend almost. So, so that, that's great. And, and as I say, we wanted to keep the conference free for this year so that we could test these things. You know, we had something like, I don't know, 50 hours of content, about 80 speakers so that, you know, even if you were furloughed, you could log in and, you know, get the training for free. And we wanted to kind of be able to do that for, for the sector. In terms of format, um, our traditional conference would have been a one day conference, multi streamed, you know, plenary opening plenary sessions. And then, then we had our awards dinner. So we really sort of, as I say, as I mentioned earlier, we sort of literally went saying rather than having it all on one day we went through the week and had a different theme for each day and tried to open with an opening plenary session or a panel debate i think the panel debates particularly at this current time were probably the 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 best received and also the closest in terms of um, we did it through zoom and we had the meeting function on zoom so you could see everybody rather than the webinar function where you're sort of talking into a black yeah. hole so that, that worked well because it's the closest, I guess, in terms of creating a bit of energy of an in-person mm. event. And that, that's what I was worried about. It's like, okay, we can provide all this great content, these great speakers, great exhibitors and partners, but how do you get that energy that you get from a live event? And, and let's face it, at the senior levels, most people will go to our events because it's the networking. Yes, there's the learning too. Of course, of course. But it's the networking. It's those, com you know, those coffee conversations you have or the conversations you have over dinner at the awards or over drinks the reception or just in just in between sessions really and that that's the bit I was you know more concerned about because I was thinking yeah we can send loads of stuff online but how do we actually make it a bit more exciting and so those live panel sessions um, with audience interactive went down really well and probably one of the most fun was um, a session that we ran with um, the American Association of Association Executives and that was quite fun because that felt like you know it was good camaraderie it was all Chatham House rules it was you know who's, who's going to share their biggest failure is it going to be the Brits or the US markets you know competing for the the biggest loser trophy <laughs> exactly, they do yeah. <laughs> well received and and the purpose of that is obviously about um failure leads to innovation you know that, that's the big message it's not like let's just be failures for the sake of it and that that had a really nice sense of camaraderie a bit of energy about it you know perhaps at the time when late afternoon we're flagging a bit having been on zoom all day the americans are sort of just coming on stream so that lifted the the energy again and that, and that was fun you know that was um a, you know a, a nice session and we, we did quite a few link ups with our partners over in the states sort of over, over coffee time and, that, and those seemed to go uh, well as well um, we also wanted to get away from all the formal content um, bearing in mind that well-being mental health is such a big issue at the moment for you know for everybody really but um, if you're looking at the sector and, and our, our Monday the first opening day of the conference we focused on well-being and people and mental health and getting back to work if you've been furloughed and you know how, how do you sort of deal with all that and what are the issues you know it's all very well if you've got a nice house and an office to work off but if you're living in a, a cramped flat maybe you're homeschooling maybe you're living in a flat share with you know eight other people and you're working off the ironing board I've heard people working off an ironing board which you know it's not sustainable in the long term really so we wanted yeah. to have a few sessions that were about well-being so we started each day either with a mindfulness a guided mindfulness session um, we had some personal training sessions in there as well um, and they were they were good fun and sort of 
change the energy a little bit. So, um, yeah, I would say absolutely building on those. We were to do it again, perhaps have a few more live sessions, absolutely build in those kind of fun sessions and those mindfulness sessions. Um, and the fail fest, what we probably could have done is use that perhaps as a networking drinks as well. Maybe had a few, you know, a bit more social, but obviously the Americans were time zone. I think they were sort of 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, whereas we were. Right, you know, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years. So it, it, that, that was you know, something we, we thought about. But um, yeah, I think the formats having, having a range of different activities and not necessarily having it, you know, packed chock-a-block sort of, you know, nine to nine to six or whatever, but enable people to dip in and out of themes worked well. So overall, we reached about four times as many people as we would have for a, the in-person event. So from that point of view, for us, it was very much about building that engagement with the sector and reaching people that perhaps hadn't attended a Memcom event in the past. That was a real positive um, mm that we did. Um, I didn't expect people to necessarily log in all week or even all day. Um, and, and that's, you know, coming back to my previous point about creating that sense of networking and community. And Memcom is very much that community. People, you know, have been coming to it for it's 21 years old now. Um, you know, been go Julian and I took it on three years ago. It's been going a long time. There's a lot of people that love it and have been going to it, you know, for those 21 years. So the networking and the energy was quite important. Yeah, it's different to an in-person event. You know, it's you, you don't have that captive audience. You know, the, the, the plus side is we had four times as many people engage in some, you know, some capacity. The, the negative side, I guess, is that we didn't have everybody sitting there for a whole day where you're really like rah, rah, rah for the sense Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did it work for the uh, sponsor rooms? If I'm really honest, that was probably the weakest part of the event. And I guess Memcom is, um, it is a conference and an awards event and it is a year round community. And for a lot of our sponsors and partners, we work with them on that basis. So, you know, coming to the flagship event, if you like, is, is part of their package, but we work with um, people throughout the year on a variety of activities. So it's not all pins on one, one particular day. And our partners and sponsors generally like that approach. It means that they get other events throughout the year they get other communications blog opportunities you know research opportunities various other things that that we do and, and the other events that we run as well which we either run with our partners or we do other networking events we launched our chief executive lecture annual lecture last year in december and Anne godfrey who was the recipient of the ceo award in june last year gave that lecture and the intention will be for this year's winner to to continue that process um, so generally for, for sponsors and partners they get that kind of year-round package so it doesn't all hinge on one day those that perhaps were just exhibitors it probably wasn't you know and some of our exhibitors did so many fantastic things you know to entice people into their rooms but if I'm honest that was probably the weakest part but obviously what we're doing with our partners is creating that extension of, of the offer that we have so we have a digital offer now which which isn't just about one event, it extends beyond in that sense as well. This podcast is sponsored by RD Mobile, award-winning event and member engagement solutions used by over 350 organizations in 20 countries, powering virtual events and delivering ongoing value. Find out more at rdmobile.com. So to understand more about how online meetings and education is developing, I talked with the CEO of the Meetings and Design Institute, Martin Vaneste. I started by asking him what MDI does. Yeah, so the Meeting Design Institute has um, 
a mission which is to help uh, meeting professionals to improve the impact and effectiveness of their meetings and events, you know, gatherings in general. So we're trying to help organizers and organizations that organize meetings to better understand how to set objectives and how to design meetings to make them more supportive of those objectives and, you know, use techniques and tools and, you know, formats to make meetings a happier place, you know, more effective, more fun, more learning, more networking, all these things. We are mainly European, but we also have members in uh, and activities in uh, the US and a little bit on the rest of the globe. Now, obviously, because there are big events where you would come together, would be IBTM or IMAX and stuff like that. And that's now not been possible because of the nature of, it, of, of what's been going on. Yeah. Uh, how has that impacted on you talking and engaging with your members? A well, big impact, of course. You know, this this was the, the four times a year we saw members, you know, physically. And we, we really had uh, dinner and conversations and we had a group stand. And so it was commercial. It was friendships, relationships, professional all sorts of um, things were happening uh, in a couple of days. And we did some training there as well for planners. And we, we yeah, so so many different things. And, and really, every time we had a show like that, it was like the, the, the you know, one of the highlights of the year um, where, you know, members meet members. And, you know, so, yeah, it's a big impact just dropping all of those at once, you know. Uh, it's not like one drop because of whatever reason this is global and, and all of them stopped so it's um it's not easy because it's one of the reasons why we exist uh, uh, you know to help the members uh find a place in in the market and and meet customers meet other members learn from each other you know those those things were highly dependent on not exclusively but you know highly dependent maybe 80% or something on on those events and yeah so big impact what did you do ahead of the, the lockdown? We jumped into action for um, the things we saw that were, were still possible. So online uh, gatherings, of course, were the option that we, we had. And, um, and we have discovered that um, there is a lot you can do online. Um, and very, very recently, also the, the business component, you know, by doing what we call the marketplace which was a commercial, you know, purely commercial uh, uh, online meeting. So we discovered uh, a lot uh, of possibilities and, um, and went, you know, completely into that direction, uh, both for uh, the, the members where we had uh, you know, just social gatherings and, and, and moments where we could talk to each other and, and, and did some online activities, uh, you know, even, even yoga and, and, and stuff um, or relaxation exercises and things like that, but also just talking to each other and having a beer on a Friday night um, online was one thing, one component. And, and the next, the other components is the training the training which was which was um important to us maybe even more important than 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 anything else um was kind of a, a tough uh, um thing for for the organization small organization and you have to do an international training you know booking hotels and all that stuff was not an easy thing and now we discovered the online training uh which is you know it, it was so so much more um quick and, and fast and easy and light to organize uh, so we we switched uh, the training fully to online, and it just wasn't switching. It was like exploding, you know. It's um, 
the we have we've done two months of of online training where there was so much uh, activity that it was like an eight o'clock in the morning until midnight almost every day of the week of two months. So, so that was uh, jumping into action immediately uh, was my reflex, and um, and so we switched um, to online in in many different ways. Yeah, yeah. And what about from a team point of view? Were your team already? They were already remote based, weren't they? So. They, that you didn't have the same challenges that some associations and membership bodies have, which is suddenly having to relocate everybody out of the office um, because I'm guessing they were already in uh, yeah. home. Yeah, almost everybody was working from home. I just had one uh, one of the of the team was working in in an office where I was also and an intern. Uh, so everybody else uh, is was you know, somewhere else in another country, working from home a full time already. And have you found that the level of exposure to your web community, people are discovering the MDI in big numbers because of the current situation? Well, we've, we've done uh, masterclasses, for example, and there was hundreds of people that have discovered uh, us and, 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 and became, you know, registered for our, our, our uh, online training, online meeting, actually. It's like online masterclass of one hour or two hours. And we did many of those and still, still are uh, planning to do more in, in uh, the next, you know, second half of the year. Um, and that's definitely uh, an increase in um, in the number of people that we know. You know, people become part of our community or register on LinkedIn. Or so the LinkedIn LinkedIn community, for example, has has grown with uh, with 10, almost twenty percent. Um, so that was that was um, certainly an impact of doing all that online work. And I'm guessing some of those people will, if they haven't already, they will potentially be members. And wanting to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Community is uh, is crucial, and 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 as humans, you know, we 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 are always feeling part of a community when we get together, when we have gatherings, and that's I think still the most powerful way of 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 being together as people, and that will never change. I, I'm sure we will meet again, you know, one way or another. So I, I do believe in the, in in the physical meeting, and I think we will we will still need that. But I also believe that. So many people have discovered so many things online that that is not going to go away. It's been it's been like a, an, an enormous boost for everything online, uh, which was already happening, but not at the speed that it happened now. And so I, I, I do believe that there will be communities online, you know, existing communities online, like LinkedIn groups, uh, also discovered online meetings because they were not doing any online meetings. And now, you know... Um, I saw someone that has like a lot of uh, LinkedIn groups and a lot of participants in those LinkedIn groups or members or how do you call them? And, uh, and they now are doing networking uh, sessions. So online in Zoom, uh, just get together, a little introduction, and then boom, you know, you're thrown into groups of five or six people just to have a 10-minute conversation, get to know each other, and, and you're back in the plenary and then back again in, a, in such a breakout. So the, these are new types of online meetings, even for existing online communities that actually didn't meet, you know, uh, and, and, and that may lead to new physical meetings from those LinkedIn groups that just so much like the idea of, of, of the networking among, among each other 
that they may decide to do another once a year, maybe, you know, a physical meeting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to see a hybrid. We're going to start to see a mixture of the two types of events. I think my view, and probably be interesting to see what you think, is that we'll see uh, fewer but bigger events and in the physical space, but online we'll see smaller more intimate events yeah that's an interesting one bigger you say bigger i would think everything would become smaller again because we in we, the physical in the physical space yeah also because i think we 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 more and more realize that uh the importance of 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 a gathering of coming together as as people is so important it's not just it's not so much about learning you know conferences used to be pure for learning now you can do the learning you know uh live online but also you know record it there's so much on youtube um and and so i think the we have new new possibilities now to do to do online meetings and, and as you say they will they will be smaller maybe and shorter um but on the other hand, you know, if you have a fourth, two thousand people meeting online, and you put all these participants in small groups of five or ten people, you still have an amazing, amazing mm, small okay. group uh, connections. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, I was thinking that maybe the, the 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 bigger meetings would be the most difficult ones to to keep doing because the risk um, you see now today the risk is managed in a different way than than two months ago two months ago the, the whole country locked you know now you see areas of countries or even parts of cities are being locked and i think it's going to be it's going to be like that for a while and i think doing huge meetings uh like the five thousand ten thousand twenty thousand uh type of meetings will will be a, a bigger risk than having smaller physical meetings yeah i was probably thinking of you know in the future and i'm talking more about exhibitions as well and 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 so i was thinking rather than having lots of them there would be fewer of them but but maybe they would be some some you know significant where they would combine conference and exhibition more because people's time is more valuable so that they now got alternatives so that you know, you know, I I think um, meetings have to have an absolute purpose, um, and people are realizing, you know what, I'm not going to go, all, I'm not going to travel all the way for two hours to have twenty people there. When quite frankly, I've realized we can have just as much engagement, just as much fun and networking doing this you know online and you mentioned two hours and that's crucial because we used to organize international meetings for three days because it was international they were that long because they were international because you cannot ask people to travel for a day to our meeting and then travel back for a day that's just not effective that's not not what people want to do so we organized longer meetings because people had to travel to make it worth their while to make that long trip so now online we discover we can do international meetings for two hours for three hours or four hours uh, you know in a high high quality level uh, without uh, having to ask people to travel so so the the, the ability the, this is a new a new paradigm I think for for organizing meetings you can do international meetings very quickly easily and shorter you know and therefore also smaller groups I think associations can now look into their into their database into their membership and say look these specialist people you know maybe a certain age group or a certain you know member category or whatever from a certain 
group of countries or from a certain language let's bring those together you know why not we can do it it's just not it's not a lot of work now to set up a meeting for for french speaking or spanish speaking or or whatever uh, uh, language you want to you want to bring together and it's it can be smaller people smaller groups and that can be very useful uh in it in its own right and and so we discover we can do a lot and we can do shorter and we can do international shorter meetings and i think that's going to influence maybe physical meetings as well. So I'm a bit worried, you know, about the really big ones. And I think associations need to ask themselves, are we going to be a TV channel? Are we going to be a YouTube channel? Are we going to be an educational provider? Or are we going to be a community? And if you are a community, the things you do online need to reflect that. You have to be, you have to put people in small groups so they can talk to each other. You know, that's the only way to do it. It's no longer the coffee breaks because the coffee break, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm out. I'm not in the, in the picture anymore. I'm walking to my coffee machine and taking my coffee in my, in my house here. Uh, so, so it's not the networking moment anymore. It's just a relaxing moment. It's a, it's a moment alone. Uh, so you have to build that networking into the meeting, you know, and, and the gathering has to have these moments and webinars just don't do that. So I am, I am so surprised to see so many of the, you know, smart people in, in the industry uh, doing webinars. You know, I'm like, why, why do you do webinars? You know, this is, the, is this the meeting industry? Yes, it is. So bring people together, give them time to talk to each other. That's, that's what it's all about, you know, making people connect, you know, get them, get them to know each other and, and make them work together, you know, in the future and help each other, whatever, you know, something, but not just teach them stuff, you know, another speaker, another talking head with slides is not, is not what we need. I think we need to focus on these gatherings of, of uh, the members. Tell me more about what you do within the MDI, some of your courses, because they have been very inspiring, I have to say. Yeah. So I think, um, the, the the there's a few concepts that we that we uh bring to the table in in those trainings and um it's the you know the, the word variation is i think a big one so you have to uh create a variation and it's easy to do that um and you can actually talk to speakers again you know to do something else because it's online and and you need their help to to step into that new script into the new scenario so scripting everything more minute by minute uh is is important is you can't just do a session of one hour for one speaker well you can but you can't just have like one speaker talking for an hour and then do a q a that's just not that's just not gonna work anymore and and we were trying so hard to get this done in in physical meetings you know have more variation uh, and we did some of that successfully, but it's so difficult, you know, it was, it was a struggle, you know, to get, to get, it's not just, just what people do. People give a room to speakers and then leave it to the speakers. And I think we need to create more variation. So the script is containing shorter presentations. It can be one speaker, it can be several speakers, but you can still give a session of an hour to one speaker. But chunk the presentation, you know, create that variation by chunking the presentation into three slots of 10, 15 minutes and put something else in between. And something else is the networking, you know, make people talk to each other about what they just heard. So if the speaker speaks for 10 minutes, then switch to small group conversations. CNI, as I call them, you know, as an alternative to Q&A, CNI is conversations and input conversations and ideas or, or, you know, conversations, small group conversations is crucial. 
it's the golden nugget in meeting design always has been but now in online meetings it's crucial it's it's all about life or death i think you know <laughs> in sessions um it's um 10 minutes of presentation 10 minutes of of small group conversation that's the that's you know 50 50 give the time give the time to the participants it's like you as an organizer if you're writing a script and if you're working on on designing a session with with speakers you have to be like robin hood you know you have to steal from the rich to give to the poor and in this case you don't steal money you steal time so you steal time from the speaker who has all the time usually and you give it to the poor which is the participants who don't get time to talk and and talk to each other uh so that's the redistribution of time is crucial and creating that variation creating waves you know a wave is when people go down in energy by listening to a speaker it's it's one voice it's you know a lot of information to process my my frontal lobe gets full and doesn't have time to process it and then the wave goes up again when i can talk to my peers about what we just learned and give my comments and ask my questions and see what other people are doing in that space and and, and that variation i think is is very crucial uh and it, it it checks all the boxes you know people learn when they talk to each other because they learn from each other and they repeat what they just heard so they remember more later they also um, meet other people because when you're talking about your topic the topic that's close to your heart because you came to this session with this speaker because it's a topic that is of interest to you if you talk to other people about such topics that are close to your heart you very quickly know who you have in this little group you know you immediately see that's a person i need to talk to more uh, and, and so you get to know people very quickly in, in such a small group conversation. So the learning is there, the networking is there, and it's also fun. People just love it. You know, people like it. It gives them energy. It gives them opportunity to share. It gives them, uh, you know, a variation, uh, at least variation. Um, but it, it's just a good package, you know, learning, networking, motivation, or giving people energy. That's what we do, you know, when we do good meetings. Yeah, unless you also use the, you have a, a clock image as well, don't you? Uh, so everybody knows uh, what how the meeting is being progressed. Yeah, uh, yeah. So and you, what did you use? I think it was a um, some form of uh, spin the wheel. Yeah, the the uh, it's it's actually the same the same software. It's um, it's uh, like a, a wheel of fortune. So you it's can wheel of fortune. Wheel of fortune. So if you have, if yeah, yeah. I mean, this is te technology. So it's technology and it's game, game, uh, uh, a little bit of gamification. So you, there, we're surprised to see always, you know, what is possible when you do this. And I, I came to the conclusion that everything you can do in a in, in a physical meeting, you can actually also do online. You know in in one form or another you know one shape or another so if you think uh just this activity we did in our in our physical meetings i can't do that online well think again because you probably find a variant you know uh, to to replace that activity which has the same impact and the same effect so the same with games and and wheel of fortune is an example of of such a, a game in a way where you really you ask feedback from someone on a list uh, you know if you have a f 50 participants you can put 50 participants in that wheel of fortune and, and spin the wheel and some name will pop up and that person can then speak you know so that there's just um some technology that you you can use for that um but technology is important you know we are all uh we are all cameramen uh we are all 
of or women. We're all light technicians. We are all sound technicians. We're all IT technicians in one way or another. So, so we have to pay more attention to that as well, you know, to do a good job uh, representing an organization or a company, um, you know. And what about the support? The, you know, so I know that when you run the sessions, uh, you lead them, but you have uh, staff members to help uh, monitor the chats. Yeah, it depends on uh, group size. It depends on formality. You know, have very informal and, and very formal meetings. It, it depends on are you a company and are you facing your clients or are you a company and doing internal meetings? Are you an association and, and seeing your members? You know, these are all different levels of sensitivity. And um, if, if, you, if you feel that your, your um, audience is sensitive to how you look and what you do and how that is running technically, you know, feel, you know, uh, just flawless, uh, or can it just be a little, you know, um, more relaxed in a way, uh, you can choose to do different things, you know, and, but I would, I wouldn't recommend anyone to do something alone. I think you have to have, um, uh, so a, a few people uh, behind the computer logging into the same meeting and giving them different roles because there are so many roles you can you can do you can have and you can't do them all you know if you're if you're letting people in for example and you're checking the list and you're checking who's in the waiting room I'm talking uh, Zoom uh, for Zoom for example uh, you you don't have at that moment, time to say hello to people and welcome them and, and, and stuff like that. So you have to divide those roles. Um, setting up the breakout rooms, if you're, if you're the facilitator, you know, handling the breakout rooms is, is not going to happen. But if you're uh, a speaker, um, you know, that's, that these are all different roles uh, and, and you have to think about those and, and have a couple of people. But then in the other extreme, when you're a company and you really want to impress your clients and you have a lot of clients, for example, or really important, your clients, I, I guess clients are always important, but, you know, you could choose to go to a studio and, and have a really professional big setup with uh, flying images and, 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 you know, flying cameras and 3D environments and, you know, virtual uh, uh, environments or real environments where you do the keynote presentations from, for example, or where the, your moderator is or where the chair of the conference is. You know, so it's a bit of a different approach, but um, in in one way, it, it, it is. It's a bit. Um, um, people are nervous about this because it's new, and they shouldn't be nervous about it because it's complicated. I think, you know, of course, if you go to a bigger studio, things are more complicated. But that happens in 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 the you know behind, in the backstage because that's where the technicians are and 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 the director is there and you know you don't have to worry too much about that but it's the same in in real meetings in physical meetings you also have that complexity uh of of um technical things um but now online you can choose to have like you know a, a basic um setup and do a very professional looking uh presentation uh without the, the, the complexity of having a sound technician, a light technician and, and staging and all that stuff. Um, so I, I think in, in, in a way it has become more simple almost. You just have to do it, you know, start with your family, you know, or start with a group of friends and do some crazy stuff and you will see that this works and how you, when you're, how you're comfortable with what. Uh, um, and um, yeah, I think, I think um, the, the, 
online meetings can be very very different there's a whole a whole menu or a whole range of complexities and it doesn't need to be super complex to be clean you know? but i'm also guessing you've got experts out there that you can hire for them for the for, for the event for the day that would actually help facilitate this and, and doing it all the time and, and that might be a good start point to almost help train individuals within the company so that they get confident and then they run with it yeah so so for example we we did uh, a, a training for a couple of hundred uh, of the uh, meeting professionals in a large company so they had like five six hundred people that are all meeting professionals in that company so all 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 staff and they decided they they did this uh, six times uh, two hour training and they decided to keep doing it uh, on a on a weekly base uh, get together and then they would challenge they would give the the script to other people all every time so they could come up with new ideas and and play new games and do different things and 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 use different scripts so so they learn internally just by by setting up their own meetings it doesn't need to be hundreds of people it could be 20 people as well mm. and i think that's for a lot of associations it's doable to say look you're going to organize this one who is or who is comfortable in doing this one you know who wants to go first and then you know one by one people start doing a zoom meeting for example or whatever the platform is that they use and then they learn by doing it and they see what other people do and they talk about how they've done it and they learn from each other and and that's a way to to move forward quickly if you want to find out which professionals to work with do check out the mdi website they have an amazing meetings toolkit and it's uh, www.meetingsdesigninstitute.org so that's it for the, my first edition of Membership World Podcast. I do hope you've enjoyed it. I really do want to make sure I bring listeners' comments and questions into future shows. So please drop me an email, gordon at gordonglenister.com. If you want to leave a review, that would be great too. Thanks to my producer, Neil Whiteside. And until next time, from me, Gordon Glenister, bye for now.